This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. you feline fans this is michelle fern the new show host of catitude on pet life radio okay exciting show today it's um someone in the digital world that you should be able to relate to and she has an interesting story about her gorgeous cat belladonna stay tuned we'll be right back tired of wasting money on giant bags boxes and jugs of litter that don't last Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter that lets you use less and get more. World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to deliver outstanding odor control and easy cleanup. It's lightweight, 99% dust-free, and pet, people, and planet-friendly. It's even flushable. Make the switch to World's Best Cat Litter and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to introduce Jaina Kelly. She is the creator of the blog Pause and Effect. But we're not just talking about her blog. She has a really interesting story and great message for all of you out there about her cat, Belladonna. And, well... Jaina, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then about Belladonna? Sure. Well, first of all, I'm the webmaster and chief cat slave for Pause and Effect, which is a cat advice blog that my cats and I have been writing since 2003. And we're going to talk a little bit about my cat, Belladonna, who was actually um, diagnosed with diabetes when she was a kitten, which is very unusual. Her story is featured in an anthology called Rescued Volume 2, which is uh, an anthology of 12 stories of uh, rescued cats through their own eyes. And uh, so I'm really pleased to be a part of that anthology, and I'm glad to be here to share the message about feline diabetes and what can be done about it. And uh, so um, just glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you. We have all kinds of listeners. Some know cats so well. Some are new to the, you know, the cat world. Uh, some are in between. And people that have, I'm new to Catitude, but I have another show as well, and which is Best Bets for Pets. And I'm very, very, rescue is a big thing for me. All my fur kids are rescues, and I have a, a big troop. But I, I know dogs a little bit better than cats, but don't go away, everybody. I'm learning. Boy, am I learning. And I'm, you know, finding <laughs> out about so many things. I, you know, even when, like, with rescues, I had no idea a cat could give birth. I mean, with every, you know, 21 days practically. There's, I mean, so fast. Their gestation period is just so quick. Had no idea. Now, you're mentioned feline diabetes. I didn't even, I've heard of, um, you know, feline leukemia, but I didn't even really know there was feline diabetes. And you said for your kitten to be dead. Well, I did know. Let's take that back. I do know about diabetes a little. There's a family member and she has to give insulin shots to her cats, but I haven't experienced it directly. How did you know that Belladonna had diabetes? Well, actually, I knew um, when I adopted her, I knew that she was diabetic. So I came into it with the full knowledge of what I was getting myself into. 
she had actually gone into remission while she was at the shelter, but then she had a growth spurt and she went back on insulin again for a little while. But it didn't take too long before I got her back into remission again, which is one thing I should probably say is it is quite possible for a diabetic cat to go into remission, that is to not need insulin if they're on a proper diet. And that's really the most important thing is a proper diet and working with your veterinarian to make sure that your diabetic cat is as healthy as they can be. If you don't know that your cat is diabetic, are they similar signs to people? Well, yeah, there are. In fact, um, a lot of diabetic cats will urinate and drink um, excessively and um, they'll be losing weight despite the fact that they're eating a lot. And sometimes when the diabetes gets advanced, when the blood sugar stays high for a really long time, they can start walking kind of on their heels instead of on their toes, which is like diabetic neuropathy in humans. There can also be symptoms of lethargy, so they might just not want to play and not have a lot of energy, which was the lethargy was the main symptom that Bella had that got her first family into taking her to the vet to find out what was wrong. So you said her first family, so was she was adopted and then rejected due to the diabetes? Well, I wouldn't necessarily call it rejected, but basically her first family adopted her from a shelter and they lived with her for about six months and they began to see symptoms like the urination and the and the excessive drinking and the excessive eating, weight loss, lethargy. So they took their cat to the vet and much to their surprise, they found out that, the, that Belladonna was diabetic. Now, diabetes is something that requires a big commitment of time and money and energy that sometimes people just aren't ready to to do and that's no shame on them it's just something that happens and the fact that these people knew their limits and that they wanted to make sure that Bella had a good life basically their veterinarian got in touch with a shelter called Heart of Maine and I used to live in Maine so I and I volunteered at Heart and that's where I met Belladonna while she was at Heart and it was the people at Heart who taught me how to give insulin shots how to test her blood glucose at home and basically they gave me a lot of support when I you know when I adopted her and I was trying to figure out how to be the best cat mom I could to a diabetic cat well, that's a good way to put it. I, it was harsh, you know, rejected, but you're right. If there's so much involved as far as, you know, insulin shots, which are, I'm assuming, daily? Yeah, twice a day, typically. Okay. And, and they have to be at 12-hour intervals for most insulins. So you really have to adjust your lifestyle a little bit if you have a cat that's on insulin, because they do have to be given their shots at regular intervals. Right, right. And then, like you said, the cost of that and everything. And it's actually better that they brought, you know, Belladonna to Hearts of Maine versus just abandon. Or I've heard many, many crazy stories. So it's good that they yeah. did that. And it's good that she found her perfect forever home. Yeah, well, I'm really, I mean, it was love at first sight when I first saw her. And I'd had a cat who um, passed away about six months before who was the spitting image of Belladonna. She was a little black cat, too. And um, I almost feel like my other cat sent her to sort of take my grief away a little bit. In fact, Belladonna is sitting on my lap right now. <laughs> she knows I'm talking about her. 
We actually have a show about pet reincarnation that Brent Atwater does that talks a lot about that. And she had the same situation with her dog. It's really, she's really good. She's funny and she's interesting. And she's, it's a lot of like, hmm, maybe, you know. I had a similar experience like that, but with a dog. Mm-hmm. And um, it's heartbreaking when they go, but, you know, it's, it's, you just have to be happy for the time you have with them, you know, just be grateful for the time yeah. you have with them. But let's not talk about that because then we'll be, have a depressing Friday. So feline diabetes is um, fairly new because what, cats are eating too much or are we just doing a better diagnosis with the veterinarians? What is causing this? I think it's kind of a combination of things. First of all, cats are living a lot longer now than they did in the past because a lot of cats are indoor only, which um, gives them a longer lifespan. And most cats that develop diabetes are over eight years old. You know, in the past, it could be that cats didn't even live that long. The other thing, too, is obesity is a big risk factor for diabetes. So obesity in cats has the same kind of health risks as it does for people. So not only can it lead to diabetes, but it can lead to heart disease, arthritis, things like that. Now, Bella was a kitten and was not obese at all, but most cats who develop diabetes are over eight and obese. So, And I think that obesity has a lot to do with the kind of diets that we feed our cats. And there's a whole lot of very, very strong feelings about food. I mean, I don't know if you've ever done a show about pet food but or seen anything on the Internet, but, I mean, that's one of those things that people get really, really passionate about. As for me, I'm kind of interested in meeting people where they are and helping them to get the best resources that they can and that they're ready to do because everybody loves their cats and everybody wants the best for them. So that's where I start with any kind of discussion on risk factors, diet, etc., with Best Bets for Pets, I've done close to, I'm sure it's over 200 shows. There's generally two segments per episode, and I've done many, many, many food shows. There's a, a wide variety of food types, more and more food, you know, types of foods that are also, you know, there was so much for dogs, not quite as many for cats. Now there's a lot more for cats and a lot of specialized types of foods for cats as well, where there weren't mm-hmm. in the past. So I've done a lot. There's, you know, a lot more with vitamins for cats for just, you know, overall. Tomlin makes a lot of those types of products. There's, uh, There's actually more cats out there. According to the APPA, there's more dog owners, which is about 60 million plus, but the total of cats is in the 90 million. So most households have two cats, which is great because then they play with each other and, and when you're not there, they, you know, rough it up. Yeah, exercise is really important for kitties, that's for sure. Yeah, right now our house, our, our, my crew in my household, it's Dennis, who's, he's obese and he is a tough one because, I mean, I remember him ripping open bags and, and just, he's just a hard one. And he's Maine Coon, so they're kind of that big fluffy size anyways. Mm-hmm. And, um, we have a new, we call her Princess Charlotte because, you know, she's thinks of herself as a little princess, but she's kind of big and she's, her baby daddy was big, but, and she, I wish she was active more. And then our little, the little kitten, well, 
She's about six, almost seven months, but she's active. She's very active. I don't see any problems with her. But there is a challenge with obesity in cats when they're not interested in playing all the time or moving. Or So what are some ways you've made suggestions to overcome that? Well, basically, interactive play is a real key thing. And sometimes you have to start slow with it, um, especially if a cat is very obese. You definitely want to work with your veterinarian very closely if you're going to help your cat lose weight because your vet will be able to kind of give you a give you some idea of how many calories the cat should get and may prescribe diet food. I'm not particularly a big fan of prescription foods, but I know that there are many people who use them successfully. I personally feed my cats a uh, commercially prepared freeze-dried raw food, which I rehydrate. But like I said, not everybody's ready for that. And there are uh, there are foods at every price point that are just as good for cats. And just knowing that they're obligate carnivores, which means that they have to eat meat and their bodies are designed to digest meat. They're not designed to digest carbohydrates. They have a very short intestinal tract. They have teeth that are designed for ripping meat. So I think the most important thing a person can do to, and keep in mind that I'm not a veterinarian here, um, and that's why I say work closely with your veterinarian, but I think if you can feed your cat a species-appropriate diet, which could be canned cat food, it could be raw, it could be whatever works and is meat-based, basically. So you think kibble should be minimal? but more wet. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I personally don't feed my cats kibble. I know that, like I said, I meet people where they are, but I think it's really important to kind of minimize the amount of kibble. And some cats are really hardcore kibble addicts. So you kind of have to transition them over gradually to a canned food or some other type of food. But it can be done and there are instructions for that. There are some really good websites with information on how you can slowly transition your cat from a kibble to a canned food or a raw food if you're into that. And what do you do if there's, you know, two or three people in the household and one just thinks they have to snack all day, you know, they need to have it out all day, they need to have, and you, you know, say your partner is overfeeding, and that's mm. more of a challenge than anything. How do you overcome that? Sure. Any suggestions, any, any situations you've been in where it's like, you know, that's too much food, and they're like, no, they get hungry during the day. You know, that is a tough one. And I find that it's really important. Maybe it's important for both partners to be at the vet with the cat so that the vet can tell them, this is how much food your cat needs. And if they both hear it from the vet, then maybe they will be able to agree more on how to manage the cat's diet. Also, if it's a matter of cats getting fed twice or something, then you really need to communicate and say partner A feeds the cat in the morning and partner B feeds the cat at night or, you know, leaving messages to each other saying, I fed the cat, don't you don't need to feed them again. I'm personally a fan of not having grazing around because I, I just think it's easier to control a cat's diet if you feed them two or three times a day rather than leaving food out all day. You can more accurately track how much they're eating which is a crucial component to weight loss. Right, especially when you have more than one cat in the household and there is a partner that firmly believes in grazing and the other one does not. So I guess you could tell what goes on at my household. And I definitely <laughs> see one, you know, one will only eat the raw, leave most of the kibble, and the other one comes. And 
you know, they say with all partners, you pick your battles, but I pick this one a lot, <laughs> you know, and it's to bang your head against the wall, but it's a challenge and uh, one yeah. that I'm working on because I don't want to hear those words, you know, you might, your cat has diabetes or something else and it's just from obesity. So how, what right. happened when, how have you controlled it and how did you get Belladonna back in remission? Well, basically, I think there was a, the diet was a huge part of it because very low carbohydrate is key for a diabetic cat because, again, cats really don't digest carbohydrates very well. It causes their blood sugar to spike. So if you feed them a species-appropriate diet, whether that's canned or raw, it tends to keep their blood sugar at a more steady level. And the other thing is, I think it was just a matter of that. She may have even just grown out of it for all I know. I mean, I don't have all the answers for that. My vet's still sort of mystified. When I told my vet back in Maine that she'd been diagnosed as a kitten, the vet was shocked and she had never heard of a healthy kitten with uh, symptoms of diabetes. So she was doing research about it and so between the support I got from the people at Heart of Maine, from the Feline Diabetes Message Board, and just through sheer dumb luck, like maybe her pancreas grew up for all I know. Like I said, I don't, I don't have all the answers. I just know that what I did was I gave her insulin. I tested her blood glucose every day. I, had, I bought a, a blood test meter, like the kind that you use with people. And it's really important if you have a diabetic cat to learn how to home test because that will help you keep their blood sugar on a regular level. And it will also prevent emergencies like hypoglycemia, which can be life-threatening when their blood sugar gets too low. It can also prevent long-term high blood sugar, which could result in something called diabetic ketoacidosis, which just means the body becomes toxic because there's so much sugar in the bloodstream and that requires inpatient veterinary treatment and that can get very expensive. So home testing is really key if you have a diabetic cat. And there are a lot of, your vet can teach you how to do it. There are forums on the internet, whether it's the Feline Diabetes Message Board or there's a Facebook group called Feline Diabetes. There are Diabetic Cats in Need is a nonprofit that has people all over the U.S. and Canada, and they can help you find someone who can teach you how to home test your cat. So the home testing is key. And I think between the home testing, the species appropriate diet and her just growing up into her body and her and that's what got her into remission. Well, it's a great story and it's, a, it's wonderful information. And there's the source of the places that people can go or it seemed to be pretty vast, especially through, you know, the Internet. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. 
to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from PetLifeRadio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. Now, let's talk. We have a little bit of time left. Let's talk about your blog, Pause and Effect. It's been around since 2003. So it's been, Mm -hmm. it's older than Pet Life Radio. We've been on air since 2007. (laughs) hard to find that usually a lot of you know and a lot of blogs when they start they stop and start and stop so and i'm guilty of that so it's tenacity is amazing so how did that come about and what do you talk about in your blog well i mean the the blog started basically because i lost my job i got laid off in the dot-com bust and they were in 2003 basically and i figured i needed something to do to keep my skills fresh because i'd worked as a website designer before that And also, I wanted something to do that was less depressing than looking for jobs in a bad economy. I mean, I had to look for a job, but at least I could have my website as something that would lift me up after a big depressing day. And um, it started out, I at that time, I was on LiveJournal, and I kind of ran the idea by some of my friends on LiveJournal, and they sent me some questions, because basically the way the blog works is people email me with questions about their cat's behavior or a need to understand something about their cat's health. And then my cats answer the questions in the blog. Basically, it's kind of a dialogue between the three cats. And we share the information, we share links to helpful resources. And um, basically, that's the way it's been going. And there's never, there's never a shortage of inspiration when you're asking for letters from people who needed help about their cat. It's basically, how can you not have things to write about? And we've had several kitty columnists pass on to the other side, but they the other remaining kitties take up the banner. And so it's just been such a pleasure to write this column and, and this blog and to know that I'm making a difference for people. So um, did that answer the question or did yeah, I Yeah, it does. And it's a great resource. And I love the fact that it's, you know, answered from your cat. And it's funny, sometimes, you know, my partner will say, you know, oh, I I hear this one is crying out and she's telling me that, you know, and I ask him, how do you know she's not crying out for you? She's, you know, we've been doing a lot of rescues around here because we moved our studio in an area and there's a lot of community cats and so we recently rescued two, and um, we're thinking about a, f- a fourth, but I'm thinking that's too much. And um, but he's like, "Well, she's so sweet, and she's so this," and and I'm just, you know, it's it's just <laughs> okay. What do you do for you know for, for fourth cat and all this? And but you know what, animals actually can communicate pretty well to you. Um, one of my dogs is an he's old and. 12 and he's still, you know, going strong, thank goodness. And mm-hmm. he'll do his little thing. I think, I, you know, I, I'm new at reading cats. So I could read dogs a little better. But there's cats, are, their personalities, I think, are a little more exciting than at least, you know, from the dogs I know. Their their personalities are different. They're different. I don't want to judge mm-hmm. them and yeah. say more exciting or better or worse, or, but they're different. They're just different. 
Yeah, cats and dogs absolutely are different. And I think that's one of the common mistakes that people make is thinking that cats are just small dogs. And they're not, like not physiologically, not emotionally, not socially. But I also think that cats are a lot more loving and loyal than many people give them credit for as well. But you have to relate to cats differently than you relate to dogs. I mean, I when I, for example, when I relate to a dog... I tend to use bigger gestures and be more sort of forward as long as the dog is into that. And just, you know, you can rub them and scritch them and pet them and rub their bellies and things like that. And they're really into it. Cats require a more gradual approach and they're more subtle. And so you have to learn to recognize their body language. You also have to be easier on cats because my partner will tell me, he'll say, you're so rough, you're so rough. Cats have to be gentle with. And, and you know, one of their rescues is a little skittish. I, when she was a kitten, she wasn't, you know, held quite as much as um, mm-hmm. her sister from another litter. And so, but she likes attention. She's slowly coming around and, you know, getting more attention. And, and it, it takes time. But, and sometimes yeah. they'll only give you like inklings of time. You know, you have five minutes of my time and that's it. You know, I feel it's like what they're saying. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so where can people find out more about, Jaina, about your, where can they find your blog? What is the, it's pause and effect. They could just do a search. Yep. Yep. They can do a search or they can type directly. They can find us on Facebook. Uh, again, that's something they can just search for. The URL is pause, P-A-W-S dash and A-N-D dash effect, E-F-F-E-C-T dot com. Okay, great. Is there anything you wanted to add that uh, maybe I didn't ask? I do want to let people know that they can buy Rescued Volume 2. It's for sale on Amazon.com. And I strongly recommend that you get a copy. In fact, if you want to wait until July, all copies of the book that are sold during July, the proceeds will benefit Diabetic Cats in Need, which is one of the nonprofits that I've worked with and who helped me with Bella. So, But you can buy it any time of the year. It's just a wonderful book with great stories including Bella's story, but I read the whole thing in one sitting. So um, highly recommended Rescued Volume 2 if you want to have some uplifting and heartwarming stories about how cats can really make a difference in people's lives and how people can make a difference in cats' lives. um, It's a great book to buy. Well, thank you so much for that information and thank you for coming on Catitude. Well, thank you for having me. What a great show. I'd like to thank Jaina, the uh, creator of the blog Pause and Effect, but also for sharing all of her great information about feline diabetes with her cat, Bella. I'd like to thank my crew for listening to me discuss this with them. They're not diabetic, thank goodness, but I told them all that they have to stop eating so much, and that's Dennis, Princess Charlotte, and... Molly. And incidentally, I know there is a Princess Charlotte, but that's not what she's named for. I'd like to thank my producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guests sound good. And for all of you feline lovers, thank you for, um, I've gotten such great uh, comments as the new show host for Catitude. I look forward to bringing you a lot of great shows. Stay tuned and keep listening. There's a lot more fun and exciting shows coming along. Any suggestions? Just write me, Michelle, at PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.